listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. We're your hosts, Daniel. And Faye. Last week, we looked at transitioning from an ESL student to an ESL teacher with Jose. We hope you enjoyed it. And today, we'll be looking at the topic, fostering independent learning. So what exactly is independent learning? How can we introduce it to our learners? And how can we foster this mindset as they progress and improve in their studies? Yeah, I really love this choice of topic today. It's, it's something actually quite simple that we can all do as teachers. And there's a number of techniques that we'll discuss today, along with our special guest, Fiona, who's going to join us a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So Faye, let's share our experiences of independent learning from our own teaching careers today. What does independent learning mean to you exactly? Um, to me, independent learning is taking control of your own learning. And it is a student who is able to see what they need to do, understand what they should be doing in their own time, um, with, apart from being with the teacher, um, but just knowing what their goals are and what it is that they can do to achieve it rather than having everything spoon fed to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what would you say to that? I think independent learning means taking charge and taking responsibility for your mm-hmm. own learning, for your own process, for your own progress. Um, depending on the type of students that you work with, um, some students might be super motivated and they, they might be really aware of this, especially adult learners or older learners who have a specific goal. But maybe with younger ones, sometimes we, we need to remind them that, you know, they're only going to get out what they put in. And if they try to follow what you what you um, advise and try to, you know, go along with the material that you're providing them, then they'll be more beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's about taking responsibility and ownership of the learning process. Yeah, I like that. It's the, the ownership idea. And it's not just the teacher that's responsible for your progress, right? And how do you encourage this in your different classes? So... Again, it depends on the type of class that I'm teaching. So if we start with the very young ones, maybe the, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year old students, with that it'll be more about, you know, gentle reminders and positive language. So reinforcement through, you know, please make sure you do this homework because it's going to help you to remember the key words or mm-hmm. asking questions like, Do we do we know what we have to do for homework? Can you tell me? Can you repeat it back? So you can use basic things like that. 
Um, and then with younger ones as well, it's about having good communication with parents, not too much, mm -hmm. but just minimal of reminder, you know, for example, Faye uh, has two homework tasks to do for next class. It's mm -hmm. A and B. Um, please let me know if anything isn't clear. And then that way you're kind of giving that responsibility to the student, but you're also being responsible for what you've done in the class as well. Right. Um, maybe for, you know, high school age or teenage um, learners, it can be a little bit tricky because some of them don't necessarily have high motivation to, to mm -hmm. want to learn everything. So with that, again, it's about kind of guiding them on that journey of this is where we want to get to. This is what we need to do. And working with them a little bit in terms of, you know, trying to gauge their mood or gauge their kind of um how can i say their behavior um, mm -hmm. maybe if you know they're not being as responsive as usual maybe just take the pressure off slightly and maybe pivot to something else mm -hmm. um or if you know there's a particular skill they're finding very difficult take a little bit of extra time to break it down and show them that you're listening that you understand and also that you're trying to help them and then hopefully they'll give back and they'll reciprocate that um in their in their uh, classes and then finally with adult learners um similar to kind of teenage or older learners keeping them on that path of please do this this is why we're doing this this is why we're doing that this is the the outcome of this so it's kind of mm -hmm. outcome based and if they can see that what they're doing works and that it's giving them the skills or the um you know the functions that they need then hopefully again they should be independent and doing what is required of them on their own right yeah but we can obviously guide them as well mm -hmm. <laughs> so um for you with with your classes and your courses and what you teach Faye what are mm -hmm. some easy strategies that you've used to instill independent learning um so I always like to ask my students a lot of reflective questions basically mm -hmm. um at the end of a lesson if I'm if I only see them once a week or if, if I see them every day at the end of the week I like to ask them so what are you going to do this weekend to mm -hmm. uh, study what we've learned or to keep practicing or at the end of a course I just finished uh, my four-week online course uh, last weekend and I always finish it with asking my students to share what their plan is to maintain that knowledge that they've just acquired and to keep practicing and I often get that just catches them by surprise because they're like oh oh I'm supposed <laughs> to keep doing something <laughs> and so, so, so do you think that input kind of triggers or remind students of oh yeah I better make sure that I'm continuously yeah. learning yeah it's sort of like it's shifting from me just telling them keep practicing don't forget instead of me just going on a, on a bit of a lecture about all that and the importance of homework and all that I just basically I, that's not even that's not even a question that you you that you need to be practicing is just how are you going to be practicing mm -hmm. um and when you do that for sure that you just you automatically put that in their minds oh yeah okay so i have to do something maybe i should think about what i'll i'll do or when so um some if i have if it's students that are more like ongoing regular students of mine i like to have them from time to time uh, come up with a schedule a study schedule and then we adjust it um, how many minutes a day or how many times a week are you going to study on your own? Mm -hmm. How many videos on YouTube are you going to watch, depending on what their goals are, right? right. Yeah. Um, keeping like a phrase book sometimes is a good way as well. It's an easy, simple strategy to teach students how to do and then have them share with you from time to time which words they've learned from authentic sources and where they found it. Um, 
and uh, journaling is another thing I like to do a lot. So whenever I have a new student, I mm -hmm. try to do like a needs assessment um, talk at the beginning just to kind of gauge what their level is, but also what their goals are and what their perception of their mm -hmm of their ability is and how much time they think they have, you know, how much energy they think they can um, dedicate to this. And then usually when I send them their assessment, I give them tips on what to do. And those are all kind of things they can do on their own, like journaling, uh, listening to a Ted talk once a day, you know, podcasts yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So it's kind of reminding them, but in a focused way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And uh, why do we? Why do you think we need to be um, aware of all of these strategies as teachers for independent learning? Because we both use that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think being aware of it, it's it's really helping you to connect with your students. Um, if you're thinking about what's going to work best for your student uh, in the in the lesson and also outside of the lesson, then that builds really good rapport and builds really good kind of trust in your process and getting students to kind of you know, get on side and kind of follow along with your plan or your kind of your, your methods um, for teaching. So I think that's really important. And like you mentioned earlier, by asking those why and how and, you know, those deeper kind of level questions, mm -hmm. you're also getting students to think. And a lot of the time students are doing these things, but mm -hmm. maybe they don't know why they're doing it or what's yeah. the purpose or what's the benefit. So motivation is going to be quite low. But mm -hmm. if you can say to a student, you know, what are you, like you mentioned, what are you going to do this weekend in terms of your English study? And they say, well, I'm going to watch a, a TED talk. Oh, okay. What kind of TED talk are you going to right. watch? What topic or su what subject? This. Why? Because my job involves this or my mm -hmm. study involves this or I want to do this in the future. Then again, you're connecting those dots for students and help helping them to kind of see that, okay, yep, I should do this. This is going yeah. to help me. And, and the teacher and understands how. this mm -hmm. and the how exactly, like we mentioned. Yeah. I also find that this helps them create that habit. So over time, yes. you're just asking them that all the time that eventually you don't have to ask it anymore. They'll they'll be it, independent yeah. enough. It becomes <laughs> autonomous, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the goal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So do we think that, you know, us as teachers, do we need to be independent learners as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I hope that that's the reason why most of our listeners are listening to us, right? <laughs> They're independently trying to improve their own teaching and, you know, get uh, insights into um, other methods of doing things. And I think that's really crucial as teachers, especially nowadays, that there's just so much changing in the teaching world and technology and environment and uh, the student profiles and needs. Um, and you, nobody's going to teach you that. Um, and if you keep just work teaching the same way you were taught to teach if you ever mm -hmm. actually did a teacher training course because not everybody has um it's just you're gonna get behind all of this and you're gonna stay um, behind and you won't be able to evolve with the times and keep up yes. with with the yes. needs of the new students right what do you think i think it's really key we need to constantly be learning new things trying new things mm -hmm. um and making mistakes because that's really how we learn uh, in everything that we do, yeah. not just in terms of teaching. On um, that note, actually, yeah. I, uh, I read your book this weekend oh, really? that I found really useful um, for our listeners that don't know this. Uh, Daniel wrote a really, really uh, interesting guide on how to teach with online tools and like lots of practical tips. And as an independent learner teacher myself, I found that really helpful. Um, we'll be going into that 
in a little bit yeah. more detail in a future episode. Thank you for yeah, bringing yeah, that yeah, up, Faye. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So hopefully now we've, we've learned a little bit more about what independent and autonomous learning is. We're going to now introduce our special guest, Fiona, who's going to share her expertise on this topic. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So welcome, Fiona. It's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, so are we. Um, and first of all, that's how we usually start with our guests. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your teaching journey to date? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, my teaching journey is a little bit unusual, actually, but I'm going to be completely honest about it. Um, because I'm from the UK, up until quite recently, it was very easy for people from uh, the UK to just go anywhere within the EU and teach. Um, that's what happened to me when I, I wasn't actually qualified when I started teaching. Um, I started teaching in 2000, well, 2011, really, and properly in 2012. Um, I went out to Spain because a Spanish friend of mine said, oh, you can get a job as an English teacher. And I thought, that sounds great, living in Spain, sunshine, beaches, brilliant. Um, yeah, but then... I discovered that I absolutely loved it. So then I started kind of, I did um, lots of professional development courses, uh, an access course to go to uni. I studied um, Spanish language and intercultural communication at uni. And now I'm studying my master's in 
applied linguistics and TESOL. So I kind of started teaching and then got qualified to teach while teaching. Um, Sounds very familiar. It's pretty much yeah. my journey. And, <laughs> and mine too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Where yeah, are you yeah. doing your master's degree? It's with Leicester, Leicester oh. University. <laughs> three of, that makes three of us again. <gasps> really? That's yeah. fantastic. We both completed ours in 2018, was it? Yeah. I think uh, 2017. I think we overlapped though. Yeah, yeah we, we overlapped kind of on a the bit. the same course, which was very strange because <laughs> we didn't realize till much later that we yeah, were. Yeah, we, we anyway. didn't know each other. Yeah. <gasps> no. Small world. Amazing. Small world. Maybe yeah. we can chat more about that later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Get some inside gossip. So, um, Fiona, tell me, obviously, that the topic today is about independent learning. So why did you decide to focus on this theme of independent learning? And and how did you first learn about this topic yourself? So I, when I, I think you might sort of relate to this as well, the, the, the longer I have taught, you know, as, as the years go on, and, and I just slowly have come to the conclusion that what I do isn't really teach. I don't really kind of give information to students. Um, And when that does happen, it doesn't always really work that well either. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think I just through seeing what works best with students, uh, noticing the habits of my most effective learners, the the students who perform best out of my classes. um, I just started noticing that those who, kind of took control of their own learning, um, were much more engaged and kind of guided their own learning journey, mm-hmm. uh, were much more successful than than the others. And of course, my own experience as well of uh, going way back my own initial uh, state education, um, which wasn't so great. Um, and also, yeah, just how I, noticing how I have learned other languages mm-hmm. as well just yeah just that conclusion that that those people and those habits of taking more control being more engaged with uh, shaping your own uh, relationship with the learning uh, makes for a much more effective and enjoyable learning process so Yeah. yeah yeah that really resonates I mean we've we've talked about this on the podcast before about how we're pretty much facilitators right yeah um we we're not lecturers we're not just providing knowledge you know we're just helping our students and that's the best way to do it really um and Dan and I have talked about this already a little bit about what we think independent learning is but how would you define independent learning or what an independent learner is and what that means for us as teachers yeah okay yeah um good question so I kind of just said it then so I guess I guess it's some a student or a learner who who kind of embraces and takes control of their own learning. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who is more active than passive in, in their learning. So, and I have had students before, I'm sure you have, who kind of come to class almost with this sort of figurative dinner plate and, mm-hmm. and expect you to just put English on it. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the, the independent learners are those who, who grab it and take control of it. Um, and actually engage with it and you know put put the journey in the direction that that they want the the journey to go in um the interesting part of that question actually was you said uh something about how does that relate to teachers as mm-hmm. well and i think that's a big misconception as i think 
um, a lot of people think independent learning or autonomous learning is something that is done separately away mm-hmm. from a teacher. It's, it's students learning without the help of an educator. Um, Their own time. Yeah, yeah that, it is that, but it's not just that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it works hand in hand with, with uh, uh, an educator's guidance um, mm-hmm. as well. It's not something that happens separately. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. Wow, that's great. So we've, again, we've kind of touched on this a little in terms of reflection as a quite a big theme. Um, so I know that something you like to use are learning journals or diaries for your learners. Why do you yes. like to use these? Why are these useful? So, yeah, I, it's so strange to me how these aren't more popular because I think yeah. exactly that, that point that you made about reflecting, not just in our English classes or our language classes, but in general in life, right? Mm-hmm. When, when we do something and then we just move on to the next thing without thinking about what we've done, we don't learn. We don't learn from it. That's, that's in all areas of life. Um, but particularly when you're actively trying to learn something new. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're learning a new skill, a new language skill, you know, you have to you know, after you've had a study session or even after you've had uh, an experience, an interaction in, in the language that you're learning, um, it's it's of huge benefit to then take some time to actually reflect on what happened, mm-hmm. how you reacted to what happened, um, you know, your feelings about what happened, what could have been done better, what you, if you were to do that again, what you would do differently, uh, just asking yourself these questions about, about the experience so that you can take lessons from that and move forward. Um, yeah, so that's, I think they should be used way more and something, I don't know if we, I don't know if you want sort of a practical example of this or not. Um, Those are always useful. (laughs) So I think, because that's quite sort of, you know, obscure, I guess, just Mm -hmm. um, saying reflect, reflect more. But as a teacher, you can actually guide your students more towards this. Um, And something you can do is just start to use this kind of reflection, like five, 10 minutes at the end of the class, ask some questions to guide the students, you know, what, what worked for you this lesson? What didn't, what did anything make you uncomfortable? Why do you think that was, Um, you know, are you proud of anything or are you really the opposite of proud of anything this lesson? Mm -hmm. Questions like this that you can ask your learners. Um, And at the start, you can just hand out paper or if you're teaching online, you know, however you're doing that, um, Google doc or whatever, and you can read the students' responses. And you can start to make a habit of this. Um, that's fantastic feedback for you as well as a teacher mm-hmm. because you can change how you're teaching. You can improve the experience for the learner. Um, but you're also, in doing that, teaching the student to do that um, yes. as well. And ultimately, I think the best journals, the best reflection happens when you think no one is watching, when you can be 100% honest. So I think you know, you can start introducing that in class as, as a teacher, as an educator, uh, but eventually with the objective of kind of stepping back and just allowing your students to do that, you know, teaching them the habit, but then letting them do it without, without you looking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 That's great. It's very it validating too. Cause I've, 
I've been using journals as well for a while and I tell still my current students, even the very advanced ones to do yeah. it. And I hope if, if you're, if you're listening to this students, <laughs> see, I'm not the only one. <laughs> there's, no, no. there's a reason behind there our methods. Two acronyms that always stay with me from teacher training, WWW and EBI, what went well and even better if so mm -hmm. easy, simple things that we can do. And, and this yeah. ties in really nicely because we've talked about feedback quite extensively um, on previous episodes. And mm -hmm. this is a really nice practical apl application. Um, and this kind of ties into what I want to talk about next, which is about coaching. So not necessarily teaching, but coaching. How would you distinguish between coaching and teaching, Fiona? Yeah, I guess it's kind of a little bit how we mentioned before, when to, to sort of see yourself as the giver of information or to kind of see yourself as, as somebody who guides your students to actually make sense of information. Um, that That's really the, the biggest difference for me. And I guess in some ways, as your students level advances, you can kind of move from a more teacher stance to a, a more of a coaching coach approach. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, that's, that's the main difference. Was that your question? What's the difference? It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I think. I think yeah. as well. One other thing. I, I do actually in one of my roles. I do quite a lot of this, and I, I kind of try to tie in the the ideas of critical thinking. And for more mm -hmm. advanced learners, how can we gain a deeper understanding, a better knowledge? How can we maybe um, not repeat, but maybe teach others what we've learned? Um, and mm -hmm. how can we process everything and analyze it in different ways? Um, yeah. So I think coaching ties in really well to those higher order skills. Um, Absolutely. I think um, coaching or language advising, um, mm. which I guess is, you mm. know, really, really similar. Yes. Um, is, um, yeah, exactly that. Like getting, getting the student, because everybody learns differently, right? And as you yeah. just said, you know, some people process information much better, you know, in, in reproducing it and other people learn much better when they're sort of physically engaged with, with whatever the topic is. And I guess in the same way as a journal would, would get students to reflect on that. Um, language advising, I think, works in much the same way, but in a, a more sort of perhaps more guided, usually one to one context. Right. Um, and I think that works better as well in traditions where there is more of that culture of the teacher being the giver. Mm -hmm. um, I think some yeah, when I say culture, I don't just mean like countries, but also educational cultures as well. Different mm -hmm. institutions have different cultures of, you know, some places are very this is the teacher, yeah. you know, shut up students, listen to the yeah, teacher. Very teacher-centered, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we kind of touched on like advanced learners and, and different cultures and things like that already, but does your approach vary between groups or, or uh, on individual learning? Um, do you do something differently depending on the kind of students you have? Yeah, and I think, I think that's the beauty of of this right because different people learn in different ways which means that different students if they are truly engaged in their learning and guiding the process their journey will look individual it will look unique um, mm -hmm. of course there are things that every single student needs which you can provide as, mm -hmm. as a teacher and you can guide but um, yeah I think and even within a group you have different people in that group that group that the dynamic what you're doing in that group is going to look very different as well. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of whether my approach is different from one-to-one -one students to group classes, um, I think something I 
love doing is sharing, um, mm-hmm. getting students to share. I mean, in, in a group class, if you have a community mm. of students and that's the key word, I think, making your group class a community, yes. um, you know, you can really, you've got maybe, I don't know, six or 10 or sometimes 30 different students who have 30 different perspectives, 30 different stories, 30 different um, sets of, of routines, habits, resources that they go to. And that is a bank that you can pull from whenever and, and you know, bring it out and then give it to, to everybody in that class. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Wonderful. You've yeah. kind of very, very nicely just transitioned to the next thing I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> Excellent. <but> resources. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> so what are some resources that teachers and students can use to help them begin implementing independent learning? We've talked about a journal or a diary, but what are some other easy yeah. things we can do? Um, so I think, yeah, three things. Sharing. Um, so getting like getting so building that bank uh, where, you know, students bring their own resources and own suggestions and own ideas to classes. Um I teach in an online context, so I use a lot of kind of digital stuff and having a kind of a a bank of resources, particularly if it's been built by the students, um, is a really nice, nice resource to to build. It's Mm. easy to build. And also when the students have have had a real say in that, then they're generally more engaged with it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The learning journal, I think, is a great one. Uh, especially if you're teaching in person, like literally, you know, a physical book is, mm-hmm. is a great idea. Everybody yeah, loves is. a new notebook, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing I think is maybe, I think still there are, there's a big gap in terms of digital literacy when it comes to the wealth of online tools, free online tools that you can use. Um, even just things like Trello, uh, mm-hmm. Notion is a really nice one it as is. well. Yeah. Um, so kind of working with students, maybe sort of showing them these different tools by using them in class, but also showing them how they can use those tools mm-hmm. in order to organize their own learning and resources as well. You know, if you if you show a, a, a learner how to use Notion to put all of their learning, digital learning resources in one place in a way organized in a way that works for them, uh, then you know, that's a tool which is is probably going to be used by them because it's been personalized by them as mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, that's very true. It's We have almost too much out there right now. There's so much in terms of technology and apps yeah. and, and that it's just overwhelming. And I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, even on my Instagram um, to my followers, like, you, you sometimes you follow so many teachers. There's just so much information and students are just scrolling yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's worse. Um, so even things like learning the save feature on Instagram and then organizing the posts into folders, you know, yeah. like little yeah, things yeah. like that, it could be really helpful. Like notion and Trello would be as well. Um, yeah. Now for some teachers that are starting out trying to this technique and trying to um, help their students become more independent learners, what are some simple and easy wins that teachers can use right away in their classroom with their students? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this question. Um, so this one's tricky. I don't know if there are any sort of quick wins with this. Um, I would say just pick one thing, uh, whether you're, you know, giving them a digital tool or resource Mm -hmm. to use, um, 
if you don't, if you have group classes or even multiple individual learners, try to get them in a community. That's something which which can really work, whether you have like a space on your website or even a Facebook group um, or just just somewhere where they can kind of get together. Mm. Um, You know, community learning, group learning, collaborative learning is is it. There are there are so many. I mean, this could be a whole different podcast, but like, yeah. there are so many advantages to that. So you know, if that's an easy thing for a new teacher to do. I think mm-hmm. is just to get you know, if you don't already have a community of your students, if they're not connected, then connect them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. For easy wins, I guess just try one thing, mm-hmm. one of the things that we've been talking about today, and just see how your students react. You know, just see let let it be student led. You know, that's yeah. that's independent learning. Autonomous learning is led by the student or the students. So. Yeah, see, gauge their reactions and, and see see how it goes. Absolutely. And I think the joys as well of, t- of teaching, because we've all been there, we've tried things that maybe didn't work well, and then we can yep. reflect on that. And then we can obviously make sure next time it's more effective and more efficient. And hopefully students can also follow that theory in practice anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. just one more thing to ask, Fiona. Um, what advice would you give to new teachers who might be getting started or have maybe only heard about these things for the first time? Oh, good question. Um, we're full of I them. Guess... <laughs> Sorry, say again? I said we're full of them. <laughs> you are, actually. You are today. Um, I don't know. I guess just to have a read and reset. I, I think for new teachers, I don't know if you, you find this as well. Um, sometimes our egos can get in the way when, mm. when we're new teachers, right? Because we're just just qualified or whatever we just started um maybe there's still a little bit of insecurity there uh because of the lack of experience and I think there there is a big misconception as we said before that encouraging learners to be more autonomous encouraging them to think critically to to ask questions and guide their own learning sometimes that can feel quite threatening Um, if that's not your own educational experience, if that's not an educational culture that you are currently working in, um, or if you're used to, or your students aren't used to, and if you're quite new as well, you know, you've come out of your teacher training, you've got your your rules of how it's done, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it can be quite, it can feel quite threatening, I suppose, to try to to sort of just say well actually I'm no longer a teacher I don't Mm -hmm. nothing I say is right or wrong uh you know you the students I'm here just to just to guide you I'm not the fountain of knowledge um yeah sometimes I think it can feel quite threatening so maybe that's just something I would say to to new teachers who are trying to foster independence in their students Mm -hmm. is just to not take it as you know try to just step back remove your ego from it um you know, it's something that will make you a better teacher. It doesn't take any power away from you as an educator. That's very true. It's the whole idea of control, right? Because it yeah. might feel like you're losing control of the class, but exactly. you're not really. You're transferring some autonomy yeah. over to the students. That's great. A yeah. great point. Perfect. You summarized that so much better than oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly easy to do once you you've done all of the hard work. <laughs> I just exactly. have to do the one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Fiona. I really enjoyed um, yeah. listening to your expertise on independent learning and hopefully our listeners can start to 
um, use or maybe follow some of this in the future. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I hope so. And thank you for all of the super thank interesting you. questions. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. A huge thank you to Fiona for sharing her expert knowledge on independent learning. We hope you're able to start implementing some of these strategies into your own teaching practice. And if you would like to get involved in a future episode, or if you have questions or feedback, you can get in touch with us via Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to eslTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can join us individually on Instagram. For me, it's at Learning with Faye. Faye is F-E-Y. Or I'm Daniel Teacher. So next week, we're going to be talking about lesson planning. It's going to be a pretty long extended episode. So we look forward to you joining us then. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. See you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.